because it's uploading while we're talking. So right now, uh, Russell is at 97% and Paul is at 99%. So it's it's constantly uploading. So I'm not competitive at all. We'll be fine. I'm not competitive. It's fine. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's that Canada to Iowa lag, you know. Sure, sure. That's it. Stupid satellites. The, got it. Got the different countries, you got to go through customs. Customs, to, yeah, know. I hear it. I hear it. <laughs> Welcome to Conversely, the podcast that's like a bouquet of diverse perspectives. And today, we're the cupids of conversation, shooting arrows of insight into your ears. So buckle up for a journey through the valleys and peaks of love, where every viewpoint is a flower in our intellectual bouquet. I've got two great guests that I'm excited to introduce you to. I'm just going to go in the order they're on the screen here in front of me. Uh, so first up is Russell Lolliker. Um, he is an international speaker and the founder and host of the Relationships at Work podcast. So welcome, Russell. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Relationships at Work? What's what's your show about? Absolutely. Uh, so the show is about uh, the Leadership Mindset Guide, Creating Workplaces We Love. Uh, leadership is an interesting thing. Uh, nobody defines it anyway. But the problem is, is that Leaders don't get supported. Leaders do not get a lot of training. There's a lot of studies that say they are basically hired in their 30s and not trained till they're in their late 40s. So the hope and the dream is to create a resource that helps people think a little differently about the impacts they have on the employee experience, employee retention, and workplace culture. And uh, yeah, we've been uh, we've been putting out an amazing resource for the last two and a half years or so. Cool. So you're you're helping people focus more on their employees. I guess. Absolutely. And themselves. You can't be a really good leader unless you understand what your impact is, your self-awareness, your situational awareness. Um, it's really bringing in that human-centered side of leadership. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. But yes, it's really understanding your impact on workplace culture. And whether you do something or don't do something about things, uh, it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> right. Nice. Cool. All right. And then next, uh, there's Paul Zolman. I'm assuming Zolman, is that right? That's correct. Yours was a little easier than Russell's. <laughs> so Paul is an international best-selling author of the book, Role of Love. Uh, and I looked at your website to look up your book a little bit, and I see that the book comes with dice. Is that right? So that's a little unusual. Right. right. There's, a, there's a cube that I've created that, has, that I put uh, love languages on. So each, each side has a different love language. This would be... Time, it's a hand holding an hourglass. The next one would be a service, looks like a waiter holding the tray. Next one, two hands put together to form a heart. A little conversation fly out from the heart that represents the words. You've got two hands touching one another, that'd be touch. And then the last one would be gifts. Five love languages, six sides on the cube. The last one that I created is surprise, surprise me. So there's just two, two instructions, Scott and Russell. You roll the cube every day. Whatever it lands on, that's the love language you send send out or you express, you give away all day that day, all day to everybody. I created this when I was single. I didn't have a significant other like Dr. Chapman would suggest. So I said, who in the heck am I supposed to love? Just realized, oh, I can just love everybody. And it was perfect for me because I wanted a replacement behavior like Russell. I've been in corporate America and just wanted bosses or wanted to be that boss that was kind, that was gentle, that was someone that you want to work for. You know, I, I believe people don't quit jobs, they quit people. And so I wanted to be that person that people wanted to be surrounded by, somebody that was loving, just developing a, a better atmosphere for business as well. I would roll gifts and just keep loving myself. I think that's probably what I would end up doing. No, 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 Russell. You send it out. You send it out. It's not. A, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about Scott anymore. It's about them. Yeah. Nice try, though. No, you want you want other people to roll gifts that are around you, sure, so that they absolutely. have to give them to you, right? Make, make sure they have a dice. It's a great gift for them. Just give them them the die. Give them the book and. Have them roll and, and if it, yeah. you can wait it, if you can wait their dice before you give it to them, so that they roll gifts a lot. <laughs> you know, my prototype was kind of kind of weighted. The first prototype I had was a two two and a half inch block of wood, and so if I put on top what I wanted to roll, you know, because of the sharp edges on this prototype, it would go clunk clunk, and it'd roll right what what I wanted to roll. But you know, there was an attorney here in town 
where I'm at that um, all he wanted on his, on his dice, he wanted six sides of touch. That's all he wanted to give. That's all he wanted to receive. Just he wanted to roll, roll the touch every day. And it's not a transaction anymore, Scott or, or Russell. You know, it's, it, Dr. Chapman says that whatever your primary love language is, that seems like what you want to give away. But that's a transaction. That's business. This isn't a reality show. It's not let's make a deal. This is this is love. You send it out without any regards of, without even thinking that it'll come back. But trusting the laws of the universe that someday this is going to come back. It'll come back. Don't worry about it. But you're not. There's no expectations by giving it away. That's the type of love we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's not a. It's not a. Yeah. It's it's not a give and take. It's just a give. No. Yeah. Yeah. So you're both kind of involved in relationships and love and, you know, a little bit of kind of related stuff. So my, my first question to prompt some discussion here is, which would you prefer? A great love relationship that only lasts a year or a mediocre relationship that lasts your entire life? How does that year end, Scott? So why, why, if it was a That's great a relation, question. if it was a great relationship, why would it end at a year? And I would, that, that would yeah, be my know. choice is that that year, if, if death is the result of one of the, one of the people involved, uh, I would take the year over, over a mediocre in any day of the, any day of the year, any day of the week. Yeah. And it does feel like that's the most likely answer. Cause if it's a great relationship, shouldn't just end after a year, right? I would disagree. Uh, I mean, okay. uh, so here's the thing. So I've had that. Uh, it actually, I was in a relationship that actually had an expiry date on it. We knew it mm -hmm. was going to end within a year, year and a half. And it was a great relationship. The thing was, is that in this particular scenario, we were both in school. We were both starting a career out. So we started dating in the second year of a two-year program knowing full well that at the end of that two-year program that we were going to have to scatter to the winds um, because the job and the career we were going into meant you had to live in small country, small countries, small cities, and having a relationship and choosing not to go to places because of that relationship would limit your opportunities. So we actually decided when we first started dating that at the end of our graduation, we would break up because then we would... She would go where she needed to go. I would go where I needed to go. We'd part friends. But it was an amazing relationship with an expiry date, just based on us not wanting to limit our opportunities in our careers. Interesting. I would have Nobody to died. agree with Russell that that, <laughs> that actually would be a, more of a partnership type relationship, that that's, that's probably a good choice to have an ex exit strategy at all times within any type of partnership. Uh, I would agree that's a good choice. It worked for us. Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, like I said, it was an amazing, loving, uh, supportive uh, relationship. We still keep in touch. This is ooh, 20 years later uh, or so, but it was interesting. I've had all types of relationships, and that was more one of my more unique ones to go, oh, it's like milk. It literally has an expiry date on it. Who knew? <laughs> but um, to answer your question, Scott, uh, that's a tough one because I've had both. And both mm -hmm. has their pros and both have their cons. Um, it really depends for me on impact. So I would rather, to be honest, I would rather, rather have an amazing relationship for a year than a mediocre one forever. Because truthfully, long-term relationships shouldn't be mediocre all the time. There should be amazingness. There should be horribleness. There should be mediocre. Like it should span a whole bunch of things. But for one year for a relationship to be amazing for one year. I'll take amazing over, man, do I want to be in this relationship? It doesn't motivate me. I don't know if I feel excited when I get up in the morning. So I'll take the year and uh, maybe I'll have a string of one years and maybe that'll have enough of an impact on me. So yeah, I, I go for impactful and mediocre doesn't feel that impactful. Yeah. I, I guess it sort of depends too on like, okay, we're going to have this one relationship for a year, but then are you, you know, assuming you're going to have more after that. Whereas if it was just that and only the one, your whole life would make a difference, I guess, right? My mental I, health would not handle the mediocre one. I don't think my mental health <laughs> would be thrilled about being, you know, yeah, yeah. going to bed feeling mediocre, going up. Ah, it sounds horrible, Scott. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. It depends how mediocre, too, I suppose, right? Where on the scale, like, if it was just, well, it was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. Or if it was just, eh, it was okay. You know, there's that's a would make a difference, too, I suppose. But, yeah. You know, the state slogan for for Nebraska is called the good life. And you, you may know that, Scott, being close to Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it's, it's not great, but it's good. I mean, and it's just really, really kind of solid people having solid relationships. I remember listening to Paul Harvey news many, many years ago, and they'd always bring on someone that's been what had been married for maybe maybe they've been married for seventy five years, maybe they've been married eighty years. I mean, just long term relationships are not so flashy. They're not, and and maybe they're just mediocre, but maybe they're just good. Not good to be not so flashy. Well, there was one lady that I was married to. She said boring is good because if it gets exciting, if it gets uh, the, these ups and downs that Russell's talking about, sometimes you just uh, would rather have just be calm, just be calm for for that time. And so, in in that situation, mediocre might be good, but mediocre too good would be better. Mediocre to bad would be not good. And so something you'll learn about me is I am all about definitions because we use words all the time and don't define them. Leadership being a very big one out of that. So I looked up mediocre and it means not very good. So if you mm. want good, you take good, but that's not the question. Mediocre is it's not what mediocre means. Yeah, I, suppose. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah, love good good. your definition of mediocre Way makes a go. big difference on that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm looking up dictionary.com right in here. It says, Moderate quality, not very good. So even though they say it's kind of synonymous with average, it's not good. It's It's not not very good. In my (laughs) mind, it's not very good, but it's not very bad either. It's It's kind of in the middle. And even though I like the idea of boring, me personally, I don't want to be in a boring relationship. Do I not want amazing surprises that scare the crap out of me and horrific change of whatever? Of course not. And I understand why boring, because it's consistent. You can rely on it. With a long-term relationship, I completely understand that. But if that's the forever bar, no, (laughs) no, no, no. Yeah, and I think boring, boring has kind of this negative connotation with it. But I think in this context, boring can be, can be a good thing. You just mean not not exciting and in, in both directions right and i don't think anybody that says boring in a relationship is really meaning boring what right. they're meaning is consistent reliable trusted yes, exactly i don't think they really mean boring as in you know this is not something that excites me ever um but more of a but more of a positive i think in that particular when people yeah. say i want a boring relationship that's i think what they really mean consistent steady maybe yeah. would be a good right. way to think of it yeah exactly that's right Cool. So you're, so you're both going for the great relationship that only lasts a year. Absolutely. And you just want to have one of those every year. <laughs> Someone different. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that coming, but yeah, it's, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> well, if you're going for one year, then the next year you might as well have another one, right? Why not? Wow, we make it sound so disposable, don't we? But that is not the question. <laughs> no, no, it's not. You're right. Yep. Just like any of these hypothetical questions, you can always twist the answer to sound like something different than what the... <laughs> of course. Because you're given two options. And the, the really, the, everybody's real answer is probably somewhere in between the two options in any of these questions. Because you really don't want one great relationship for a year every year. Because you do also want that steady, you know, ongoing relationships. <laughs> but that's Maybe not in your 20s. Maybe is. in your 20s you yeah. do. <laughs> but it also... Dep- I got married when I was 20. So Adorable. That is the... That is... Not the norm. Uh, some of my best friends growing up also got married early 20, and they're still together, like, many, yeah, many years yeah. later. Well, uh, we just had 20 years this last summer. Yep. So Congratulations. For you. So I met in high school, got married in college. Exception, yep. not the norm. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess my, I, I, I mean, I still would probably say the same as you. Great relationship for a year over mediocre for a li- lifetime. Yeah, but, um, but maybe... A little bit different perspective because I have been, you know, I got married young and have been married and yeah. So, um, but yeah, that word mediocre is probably the main issue there, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody seeks mediocre. <laughs> no, no, nobody really. Yeah. I'm not looking yeah. for it. Nope. No, no. All right. So uh, my next question, because I think we're all in agreement on that one, is would you give up true love for a million dollars? 
I think I know what your guys' answers will be, but maybe not. I don't know. Oh, see, there's so many perspectives. Go ahead, Paul. You had you had your mouth open, ready to jump. Yeah, no, no money's not the not the motivator for me. I I really prefer the the long term relationship and the and the true love over over any amount of money. You know, it's something that when you struggle together, it's kind of like the picture behind me. You know, when you have clouds in your life, you go through them, and then at the end of that, you'll see the silver lining on the clouds. Every sunset, every every great sunrise, every great sunset, they all have clouds. And it was just kind of an epiphany that I had after I had had a driving route that I had a, you know, over 20 years ago. And I'd wake up before dawn, I'd come back after sunset. So I had a lot of windshield time. I was seeing all these sunrises and sunsets, and it just occurred to me, the very best ones have clouds. So it is with our life, and I think that when you work through true, true love uh, with a, another person, you've been through an experience with someone, it, it deepens that true love. It deepens that relationship. Million dollars can't do that. Now, are we talking American or Canadian currency here? Because that... <laughs> Either one. Either one. You choose. Because a million American to me is about, a, I think, a million four right now, a million three. So, sure. I mean, we're not talking the same amount of money here, me and Paul. Um, huh. It's a good question in the sense that there's so many things to think about when it comes to that. Um, because we could be the full painted romantic and go, well, of course not. True love. Right. I mean, how bad do I need the money? Uh, where am I in my life? Is it at the well, beginning of my life? At the end of my life? It's at the, if Say I, like you, Scott, if I had found true love in my 20s, I have time to build up equity even faster with a partner. So money, even though I probably, my brain isn't even formed yet. I'm not throwing you under the bus yet on that one, Scott. Uh, my brain hasn't fully formed until I'm 25. So I, I, decisions made then may not be great. But having said that, money might mean different things to me. And true love might mean different things to me at different points of my life, right? It, it, at 20, true love is princess bride love. In mm -hmm. my 50s and 60s, true love's like, well, uh, are they contributing to the relationship financially? Are they like it's your qualify qualifiers might be different of what that looks like. My gut reaction is now. My gut reaction is I wouldn't give up. Right. I think everybody's gut reaction yeah. was, of course not. Of course not. But right? I wouldn't put of course in front of it. Well, sure. <laughs> it would really <laughs> depend on where I am in my life and how I would define, well, your currency. <laughs> As and, well. and it, it kind of sounds like Russell. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to say you you gave up love for money, but to a certain extent, you had this expiration date on this relationship that you had because of your job, your occupation, right? Well, where I was in my life too, right? Where I was, where she was in her life, where I was in my life, it wasn't. We were in a. <laughs> it wasn't about money because we were in a uh, industry that paid nothing. It was radio broadcasting. Sure. So. Sure. But it was for your career, correct? I mean, yeah. which ultimately is a big part of why you have a career is for money, right? Yeah. Like, and, and we didn't have a direction at that point in our careers, so it was our first foray into having something that could be defined as a career, as opposed yeah. to oh, I'll take another waiter job, or you know, it's, it was not one of those. It was finally some direction. So we both had an amazing amount of drive and purpose. So going into that. Our, our focus was not having a relationship because we wanted that career. We even told each other when we started in that program, we're not looking for love, we're not looking for relationships because we need this career to happen. So mm -hmm. we both went into the relationship with eyes wide open. So yeah, certainly not true love, but yes, we chose career over relationships at that point in our life. And I would, I would choose differently at different points in my life too. Yeah, and saying a, choosing a career over a relationship isn't quite the same as saying giving up true love for money, but it's kind of in the same. They seem related, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> You're choosing. I mean, if, if I wouldn't say. I mean, we're talking true love is this fictional, um, right, right, you know, romanticism right. of love sure, that sure. doesn't exist. So money exists. <laughs> Money's a real thing. So I, yeah. So in that, it was the reality of the situation. Um, rather than going, hey, do you think we can make long distance work? That wasn't even in the in the cards for the, what we were trying to do. Scott, you know what I'd do with this? I would, I'd make a country song out of it, and then I'd make my million off the country song. Whether the choice, you know, there's always that choice. Yeah. Dealing with the and, choice, and, yeah. Yeah, and the country country song would tell the whole story, 
And then then you'd make your million off the country song. There's a tear in Paul's beer. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Now, now then the question becomes, okay, so you wouldn't give up true love for a million dollars. What about $500 million? What about a billion dollars? Like, where, at what point, or do you at any point? <laughs> Why? Uh, this makes me think of a lot of inappropriate <laughs> conversations. Um, yeah, there's been similar questions, <laughs> questions it's been in movies and things like that. Yeah, yeah, so what, yeah. Like, we've established you're a prostitute, we're just negotiating price now. Right, Like, that's right, basically right. what's, <laughs> that Robert Redford movie is what I'm thinking of. Um, yeah, I don't, I know what you're talking about, I don't know what movie it is. Yeah, yeah I'm suddenly, uh, seen... Indecent Proposal, that's the movie I'm thinking of, Indecent okay. Proposal. yeah, yeah. But that's kind of what you're asking is, is... You're basically putting a monetary value, regardless yeah, of it is. How much is it worth? Yeah, how much is it worth? Let's let's talk. I think the interesting thing about the whole question is that um, is that if you were single and you were making that choice, you may want to have that base, that that uh, financial base, before you actually moved into a relationship. But then after you had that financial base, if it was five hundred million, if it was a million, if it was t- uh, you know, if it's ten million, whatever it was, whatever that financial base is, then though, if they find out about it, if that person that you're in a relationship finds out about it, is it really true love? And can you find true love with that money? And I think that there's there's some people, there are some gold diggers out there, some people that are watching for that type of situation. And if there's not that situation, maybe they have no interest. So really, then you're back. Is that really true love? Are they really loving you or are they loving what's behind you and that financial backing that you have? Yeah. And back to Russell wanting to define things. I guess you'd have to define what is, what is true love, right? And what is giving up? Are we saying you've already got this and you're ending the relationship for the money? Or is it, I could have had this true love and I'm choosing not to even, you know, they, they, someone from the future comes and says, you're going to meet your true love next week. You can choose not to meet them for the money. You know, that, that's two different things, too. If you already have it and you're giving it up or you're giving up that possibility. And we're also, and not to get a little serious here, we're also, I'm Paul Scott, we're saying this from a very nice seat of privilege here. We could be in a very different financial situation where any amount of money is survival when it comes to that sort of amount of money. So... True love could be put on the back burner based on our ability to pay the bills, pay rent, pay electricity. Like it really depends on our situation in life for us to make that decision as well. Like I'd want to live versus, well, true love. I could have mediocre love and be able to afford to pay for my kids to go to, you know, or clothes for my kids. So it really, really depends on your economic economic status as well, your socioeconomic status to be able to answer that question uh, not to get Debbie Downer here, but it, it's I think a little bit, yeah. but I think more so that probably just changes the amount of money that you have to talk about. Uh, it might not. I don't know. I, I mean, I mean, it could. Again, we come. What depends on your economic status? If you already have a well-paid job, then true love. Well, sure, I'll pick true love because I already can afford all the things I need for my uh, Maslow's need hierarchy, right? But if my need hierarchy or my my you know that hierarchy isn't where it should be then you know safety food shelter gets really more elevated if my financial situation isn't what it could be so yeah <laughs> sorry i get super serious no, no, on that one. i get it i'm i'm just uh i'm i'm i guess I, I get what you're saying i i wonder how much of a difference your situation really matters though because i feel like no matter how much money you have or how good a paying job you have Everybody always feels like they need more money. <laughs> they always have that feeling, you know, you, people who don't have money, who are, you know, really poor, oftentimes don't feel like they need as much as somebody who has a lot feels like they need more. <laughs> True, but I think you and I need to be in that situation to give an honest answer about that. <laughs> sure, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all don't know, you know, everybody doesn't know what other people's experiences are but yeah i just wonder 
how much it would actually change people's response? I think it's more the intention and motivation rather than what the response would be. Um, there is a point in your life where you're like, I'm do like for me, I'm doing okay. Like I, I'm do I, I make okay money. So my thing is I, I come from a different place to make that decision. Then somebody's like, I don't know if I can pay rent this month. I it's freezing outside. I can't afford heat. Like then there'll be, we could talk about, you know, a million dollars versus a hundred million dollars right now. A hundred bucks could matter uh, for them. So I think it's a very different situation to speak from. Um, love might not come into it when it's really just I'm like I my kids are freezing. So it's like I don't have the I don't have the privilege to make that kind of decision sure. to to weight them equally. So I've got to I've got to put the weight where it's most important and most right now. True love right now might be their kids. It might not be romantic. Right. That right, could be, right. that That's could be true. a decision. It depends right? on your definition of true love too. Yeah. Back to definitions. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And with, with those definitions, I think you need to look at synonyms too. Is happiness part of that true love or is happiness part of the money? And it's just, we are, <laughs> we are already know that money really does, doesn't bring happiness. True love might. And so where do you want to go with that as far as that synonym goes? And I think that that's really very useful in, in helping you make your decisions. One of the things that helped me, I was trying to overcome anger when I developed this roll of love dice and, the, and wrote the book. One of the things that helped me so much was uh, just defining those opposites. What if, if I can put an adjective to my actions right now, what would that adjective be? And then on the spectrum of anger versus love, where was that on the spectrum? Most of the time I'd find myself in that angry culture and I wanted to move away from that. So take, for example, the word sarcasm. I wanted to move away from being such a sarcastic person. Well, what's the opposite of that? To me, the opposite would come up genuine, somebody that's authentic. And when you put those two words side by side, I think the choice is easy. And I think that synonyms and antonyms really play a huge role in how we define things. What is true love? And what would be the opposite of that? You're making me tear up with your definition talk over there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so here's another way we could frame this question. So we have the lottery where you win a bunch of money, right? What if the lottery, if you won, you had to give up your true love for in order to win the money? Would people still enter the lottery? Because it's I kind of the same question. Yeah, I in think the temptation's there. Temptation's there, but really, is that is that money going to bring the happiness? Or it, it may facilitate happiness to a certain extent, but once you get past that, uh, and uh, people will think that they'll maybe look down on you because you have a lot of money. There's really, really some some back some downsides of having a lot of money. There really is, and it's and yeah, yeah. fame and and just and just the. The scrutinizing that everybody does of that, and do you really want that, or do you even know that that comes with that that pocket of, of change? There, there are these these type of attributes that come with it. And I think that you really have to look at that whole picture before you make that decision. What does true love look like, and what are the aspects of true love versus what does money look like, and and what are the attributes of that? Will everybody be start knocking on my door? If I win the lottery, are people going to come and start banging down my door? And I'm going to have to move to a new neighborhood, change my name. What 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 are the consequences of of each choice? And I think really need to look at the consequences of each choice to be able to make a true decision. It, it speaks a lot to to what my show talks about a lot, which is self-awareness and situational awareness. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how many times you see stories of, I won a gazillion dollars one year later. I have no money left. Like mm -hmm. it is just, if you don't know yourself, if you don't know how you will react to that kind of funds and money so quickly to get that amount of money, um, or your situational awareness, like Paul speaks to, what is your relationship with your family? What is your relationship to your estranged family? What is uh, your relationship to your friends? And, and, and your environment. So you're putting yourself into a situation. If you already are in a relationship that's healthy, that is giving, it's not transactional, but it is, you know, it, it is supportive. It is what you need to 
you know, success, we're defining success is something we also have to really define. I, I always ask people like, how do you define success? And in this situation, if you're defining success of a happy, healthy environment at home, money doesn't matter if you've already kind of established that to some degree, obviously, again, speaking from the privilege situation. Um, but if success is money, uh, okay, then put it through the fa filters of self-awareness and situational awareness and figure out, are you the kind of person that should have that amount of money? Um, or are you the kind of person that's going to be broke quickly because you don't have the financial uh, understanding or, or foundation to be able to make it work for you and to not ruin your relationships um, and so forth? So I, I think it's really a reflection before you can put yourself in those situations. Other people just like playing the lottery to get the hope of winning the money. The money is a nice like fringe benefit. Others just like to daydream and just like to play the what if game. And they really enjoy just even doing that. So that can't be completely ignored either. But if we're doing the black and white conversation, yeah, it really depends on so many. Let's go black and white. I would say probably I'd stick to my relationship probably um, and stick to scratch and wins. It's never as much money anyway. <laughs> all right well i have one other question that i think would be interesting that is a com completely different so we're just gonna change topics just because why not <laughs> you're the host man you tell us sure yeah i don't know i've i've been i've had this question sitting kind of there for a while and thinking oh this would be a good one to ask on an episode so um i'm gonna do it today because why not Bring all it. right so every day 12 things appear in your backyard. They are random, but they all start with a letter of your choosing. What letter do you choose? Wow, I'm just I'm just blown away that I got a backyard. I can't financially afford a backyard these days. So I'm like, that is so Well, you know, sweet. you gave up your relationship for the money, so now you have a huge backyard. Now I can afford a backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Victoria where I'm from, but sure, absolutely. Sure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Just pick a random, like a, a letter that a letter. matters. R. I, I don't know. I, yeah, you pick a letter I and then you go with so, R. So why not? R. Sure. So what kind of things do you think you're gonna get in your backyard, starting with R? I do. I I want to pull back R because now I have to play it. I have to figure out a bunch of. I'm like robot. Like <laughs> yeah, robot, a rabbit, a rooster. You could have random animals. I don't want to. I'm not, uh, I don't want farm animals in my backyard. I want to sleep. Uh, this is hard. Paul, save me. <laughs> That's why I think it's a weird question. It's it a weird question, weird but question. it's interesting. Like, but there's so many things that start with every letter. Like, I'll, I'll save you, Russell. I'm going to start with Please. a B. I'm oh, going to go nice. with B. Yeah. So, what are you hoping to get with a B? So, so I, I like bees. I like butterflies. I like flowers that were you the are blossom, adorable, Paul. The, the blossoms. <laughs> I want a. I want a beach. Uh, the beach ball. The beach volleyball. Now you okay, do have a big, you have a big backyard if you get a beach so, in your backyard. So the, my so stammering gave him enough time to come up with none. <laughs> so you did. Thank you, Russell. Yeah. Appreciate that. So I want the bot, that bocce game, and and yeah. just uh, uh, yeah, just uh, that's a lot of bees right there. It's not fifteen, but um, I'm, I'm getting, I'm halfway there. Yep. And what oh, are you gonna do with the bobcat and uh, the bear? Yeah, sure. The barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> What about the big barbecue pit and the barbecue? Yeah, all that. I have no idea because I'm thinking, so I'm going through the alphabet. I'm like, I'll come up with two things and jump ship. Like, that's exactly, I'm like, yeah. okay, no, I hate golf. Okay, so it's not G. Grub, sure, food in the backyard, great. But Paul's barbecue is way better than that. So I'm just, ah. Oh. <laughs> Well, and there's two approaches to it. You sure. can think of, oh, all the things, you know, like Paul thought of all the things he wanted to get that started with B. But you could also take the approach of what things do you want to avoid? And so I don't want to pick a letter that has all these bad things. Because, of course, every letter is going to have good things and bad things, right? Yeah, and I mean, you get up to V's and Z's. That's right, I said Z, not Z, you Americans. Z, which, truthfully, I'm like, zebra, and I'm done. Like, like, there's not a lot showing up in my backyard there's with X. And so you could be safer, maybe, by going with an unusual letter like that, because you're not going to have as many potentially bad things. But <laughs> You could go with Zen space, just a space to have your Zen. See, I just, I'll, I'll just, whatever Paul says, ditto. Like, at this point, I'll, mine's a D, because he's good at this game. I am horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's given me better answers than I can come up with on my own. I'll be in Paul's backyard having fun with the barbecue. 
Yeah. Well, and B, you could get a backyard then if you chose B. Uh, a backyard and a ba- <laughs> maybe a basketball court. Basketball court. You're that, crushing that's, it, Paul. You know what? You're crushing that's it. That's what my my boys have been asking for 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 Christmas, for birthdays, for several years. Is they want to build an indoor basketball court in their backyard. <laughs> Indoor. <laughs> yeah, they want an indoor one for days like today. Because nothing's more inexpensive than indoor anything. Yeah, fair enough. We have a hoop in the driveway, and we've got the lines painted and everything, so we kind of have an outdoor basketball court. Hey, Dad, can I get stadium lights, too, so I can play yeah, after Exactly. <laughs> sure, kid. Bottomless pit. I chose money over true love. Whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah, that's a tough one, man. I don't, I, like I said, I can get to about three per letter and then I'm like, and I'm out. I don't know what to, I have nothing else. Yeah. So what are some bad things that start with B? I'm trying to actually think of, I mean, where there's some animals, you know, like a bobcat, a bear, uh, you know, that could be a little dangerous. Just put bad in front of anything. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess that does it. There you go. It feels like you can't just use uh, adjectives that start a, with the letter. A right? bad friend. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. man, this is not my creative endeavor. This question. This is not. Oh man, no, I got nothing. Hmm. Yeah, I'm actually not thinking of too many bad things. There's got to be plenty. Sure. But it's not coming to me. Bubonic plague? Wouldn't want that in my backyard. There you go. There, there you go. go. That's, Don't want that. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> I mean, bad, but it's a good answer. Yeah, okay, see, wait a second. How, we're back to definitions again, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. It's a good answer for something that's bad. bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, bubonic plague. That's Yeah. Uh, we just, uh, a couple episodes, or was it the last? I don't know. An episode or two ago, we discussed um, going back in time and Getting the, getting the plague was one of the worries of going back in time was diseases that you'd catch because you're not, you know, immune to the things from the past. And so it was a feel-good episode, was it, Scott? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, again, definitions. We had to define sure. what, uh, you know, if you go to the past, are you safe from catching these diseases and things and not? Or, yeah. A whole episode on time travel, defining things would be very difficult. Even just how many movies where the, the rules of time travel are uh-huh. completely mm-hmm. different. So Sure. Interesting. That's tough, yeah. yeah. Not easy. Cool. Well, all right. Well, that was the... I mean, you, I think B is a good answer. I'm, oh. I'm, I don't know. When I, I saw this question posted somewhere, and, and my first thought was like, well, no matter what letter you choose, there's so many... I mean, there's so many words in general. There's so many that start with every letter... There's going to be lots of good and bad things, but... Um, you know, yeah, somebody like, listening is just firing them off right now. Just oh, yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Just, just bang, 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 bang. And I'm like, what are these idiots? They can't come up with anything. I'm like, yeah, good yeah. for you. I just can't. <laughs> just, That's right. When you're put on the spot, it makes it a little tougher. It's also 6.30 a.m. where I am right now. So this is my... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're asking you're a You're on lot. your game, Russell. I like it. <laughs> Well, then I should mention for those people who are listening that are have a whole list of things that we're not thinking of, they should go to conversely.fm and send send me a message with the list. Engagement, yeah. engagement, engagement. There Nicely played, yeah. Scott. Nicely played. <laughs> I'm not good at remembering to to plug those things, so I gotta I gotta force myself to do it when it comes up. So opportunity, opportunity, man. All right. Well, I have one more question then, um, and it's we'll, we'll finish on this question because it's appropriate because it's. If you could send one last text message to everyone on the planet. Now, I don't know if this is you're dying, you're, maybe you're getting on the, the spaceship to Mars and you're never going to be able to talk to everyone again. Whatever. <laughs> it's one last text message to everyone on the planet. What would you say? Hmm. I, I, think... I, would, I would say Go. send love out. Just send it out every day. And I think that that's... That's really. I knew you were going to say that. You, you knew that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's really He's something. He's on brand, that, you, that Paul guy. Yeah, go if ahead. You, if you want, if you're wanting to to make an impact, I think that's the way to make an impact. You want your last words to be something that they're going to remember for a very long time, and you want it. You want it to be something, something serious, probably rather than something funny. You could be something funny that they'll repeat, but you know, you want it to have an impact on their life as well. I think if I was going to one last text message to everybody that I know or matters to me, I think to speaking to Paul's point, I think for me, 
it would be, um, I appreciate you. I think it's impact matters, but it's not just impact. It's the value of that impact. And I think recognizing the value of that impact and the relationship. So I would, you know, there's tons of things that come to mind, like love you, miss you, but it feel it that feels a little self-serving. It feels like it's a bit about me. So I want to, I would put out for that to be about them and just like, I, I, you're appreciated. I appreciate you. That shows that there our time together, however fleeting, whether we were together forever or that one true love year. Um, I, I think it's a matter of appreciating the time we spent together and that your time was not undervalued. Your time was appreciated. Your contributions were appreciated. And obviously the text message could be like 17,000 words long. Like we haven't defined the, 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 the length of the text. You're, you're texting them a book. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, but I think if we need to make it short and sweet, I think it's a, uh, appreciate you. Maybe a little person. I can't do personal because it's all the same to everybody. So I think people, I'm a big fan of personalization. So for us to be able, if I can't personalize it, at least by saying, I appreciate you, it gives them the opportunity to reflect personally about our relationship and the good of the relationship. And that, it, that sort of gives them the fuel to, to, and spark to sort of start having that reflection. Um, and just sort of maybe put and, a smile on And of on course, face. if you're yeah. sending it to everyone on the planet, you don't have a relationship with most, you know, the majority of them. So yeah. And, 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 and to speak to that, maybe it's I I don't know this person, but it's still, maybe it's something somebody needed to hear at that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, even if it's not a personal, to your point, it's to everybody. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that digs a little deeper for me. This got somber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't think yeah. about those things that often. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little tricky to think about, you know, okay, this is the last message you're going to be able to send. Like you're, it's your goodbye. Right. So. So I have a question for you, Scott. Yeah. Like, do yeah, you edit sure. out the awkward pauses? Because you're asking questions that were both like the eyes go up and we're like thinking yep. about it, right? I do. Do you? Good. <laughs> you're like, they took way too long to respond to this. I'm like, well, if you're not giving us the questions ahead of time, we've nope, got... No, nope. I, no, I edit out those awkward yeah. pauses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair. So thank, we look really you, on the ball, Paul. We're sharp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah, I've I've actually uh, listened to podcasts where they don't edit out those pauses, and sometimes sometimes a little pause is good, you know, if it makes it sense and it flows. But and sometimes when people are doing Zoom or whatever online, there's that little bit of lag between the back and forth, right? And I can tell when I listen to a podcast and they haven't cut out that lag. And it bugs me, so I, I usually go through. I trim a lot of that, yeah. So, audiophile yep. nerd, you fair enough. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> so hopefully, it sounds more like you're having a normal conversation. <laughs> yeah, no, fair. And and I think it, as a as a podcaster as well, it's really important to give space because people will think we responded too fast. Uh, right. Some of the questions going. There's no way they had that in the chamber. Like they were just right. ready to shoot that one out. So. Uh, but yeah, anyway, needless to say, I just sort of, yeah, that was, that's a great question because now I'm sort of, I'm, see, my eyes are going up. Um, yep. I'm having a bit of a thought about that. And I'm probably going to ask my partner that question as well, just sort of to, to spark a discussion with her. Yeah, that's good. Thanks, yeah. Scott. Yeah. Well, people should probably go to conversely.fm and let us know what they would send out as a, a text. Yeah. <laughs> Lean into idea. it, Scott. Lean into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd like to know. I've myself. never been yeah. good at that. I, I have a YouTube channel as well. I do. Um, I, I solve puzzles on YouTube, and that's one of the things that I've always been bad at. Is it took me a while to even get to where I could like tell people to like and subscribe and that whole thing, you know. And I'm really bad about promoting that stuff. So I'm uh, trying to force myself to be better about <laughs> self promotion is very easy and very hard for people. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's it's one of those things you feel weird doing it. I don't know. At least I do. Yeah. Maybe this is my Midwest, you know, I don't, I don't want to impose things on people kind of feeling, right? <laughs> 
you always have to qualify everything. Like, well, you know, I mean, if, if it's okay, you know, if, if it's not, it's fine. But, you know, I was just thinking, you know, maybe if you were, you know, if, if, you, if you wanted to, then just, just, just ask them. You're sounding like so Canadian right now too, Scott. What's that, Paul? I, I just say I like that directness, Scott. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, go, go that's direct. that's that's how we are here in yeah. in Iowa at least. I don't know. That's kind of how it. I, I've ran in this with my 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 son. I'll, I'll tell him, you know, hey, I, I I you know, it's getting late. I think you should be going to bed. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then a few minutes later, I'll be like, hey, I told you to go to bed. He's like, no, you didn't. You said I should be thinking about going to bed. I'm like, but that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, but that's a <laughs> but kid I realized just looking that's for a just loophole. Me like I. It's this thing where us here, a lot of us here in Iowa and in the Midwest, I think, this kind of uh, we don't we don't the say things directly. We're, it's always kind of the soft suggestion, well, you know, yeah. yeah, suggestion, but really we mean. Uh, <laughs> but kids it, will but. take any opportunity to look for the loophole, yeah, going. Yeah. But you said yeah. <laughs> my partner has a nine-year-old, and she's already knee-deep in that child manipulation of. But you didn't say exactly these words, so I can do whatever I want. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, yep. It's it's that definition thing. Fact, look at yep. this. It's coming around to the beginning. Nicely played. I, I was just at a retirement party the other day, and the people that were hosting it, the the wife was going downstairs to to bring something upstairs, and she said to her husband, "Hey, would you, would you come help me with this?" And I commented to him as he was going by. I said, "She said that like a question, but I don't think it was a question." It went <laughs> up know, at so, the end. It went. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a question, but it wasn't a question, and it's the yeah. same kind of thing. Sometimes a, a a question or a suggestion isn't really a question or a suggestion, <laughs> and that really depends on the relationship too. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just, you know a, a employer with their employees. You know you're you're talking mm -hmm. about how you treat your employees, and a lot of times it's the same kind of thing there, right? Like you might make a suggestion, but is it a suggestion? Yeah, <laughs> depends on the power, depends on the influence, depends on the relationship, depends on a lot of things. But yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. So Scott, I had the same same issue. Um, I went to Japan for a couple of years, and you have to really it's more or less you have to be really soft pedal. You can't do the direct approach, and you really have to kind of do it, kind of the indirect approach a lot. And when I came back after after having done that, my wife and I started having children, and actually had eight children. And through those eight children, the soft approach wasn't wasn't the greatest approach. Some people really mm -hmm. needed that that direct approach. So, yeah, one of yeah. one of the things that we did was, yeah, my wife was a great cook, and. So she'd make a meal, and some the, the guaranteed one of the children would say, "Well, I don't like that." And and I said, "Well, <laughs> the the our approach was, well, maybe you'll like next meal better." And then they have that choice: are they going to eat, or are they going to just wait till the next meal? And it was yeah. we left it up to be their choice that way. Yeah, that was an amazing impression of a small child, by the way, Paul. Also, I wanted to give you <laughs> points for that one. <laughs> <laughs> like Paul yeah, was uh, gone, and suddenly this I, small I child can do was that. Like, yeah. weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've heard I've heard those words many times at our house, and I don't like that. And they dig into it. What's this thing in here? I'm like, just eat it. You won't even taste that. <laughs> but it's texture. I don't like the texture. I'm like, oh God. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My kids are a little older now, so it's not quite as bad. But there's still a little bit of that pickiness. So fair. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, this was a, a good conversation. Some interesting questions. Good answers. It hopefully provoked some thoughts for our listeners as well. Um, like you said, you're going to go ask a question to somebody else now. That's good. That's that's the kind of questions that I like to ask is ones that make people want to ask others. Yeah. Because, you know, the idea of conversely is you have, you know, conversely, on the other hand, I feel this way, you think that, but here's what I think. And so getting those different opinions is the interesting thing. So cool. Well, Russell, tell us again where people can find more about you and your podcast and whatever else you want to promote. Oh, sure. Yeah. No relationships at work. It's on everywhere you get podcasts. While, you, while you're listening to Conversely, you can jump over to uh, Relationships at yeah. Work and, and subscribe to that as well. Um, we're on YouTube as well, which is everybody learns differently. So mm -hmm. we try to make sure that it's at the show notes are relationshipsatwork.ca, also the YouTube channel and the podcast. So uh, we're at quite a few episodes now, so it's a pretty good leadership resource. But yeah, thanks for the opportunity. It was great to meet both you, Paul, yeah. and Scott. Yeah, thank you for this. 
Yeah, and when you say quite a few episodes, that tells me it's enough that you can't remember how many there are. <laughs> uh, that's a good, yeah, I think we're at 128, 129, uh, depending okay. on when okay, this gets released. Good. But yeah, not so, not yeah, so bad. Yeah. We're, we're getting there. Yeah, well, I'm at 12 now, so... Okay. And and I think it's I think the the thing with podcasters is you're supposed to hate the first year of your podcast. Like it's literally you're supposed to have such high standards. Right. Like I hate all these. I hate my voice. I hate the questions I'm asking. <laughs> but once you get over that hump and get consistent, yeah, it gets it gets good. It gets really good. Yeah. Well, and I've done enough similar things before. Well, like with my YouTube channel and stuff, where I've I've gotten past the hating my own voice. I'm. I just, I've accepted my voice at this point. But yeah, that's definitely a thing, I think. You, you just gotta, especially when you're editing your own stuff, that can be a trick, so. I got, yeah, I was sure. radio school, beat the listen to your own voice thing out of your, cause you hear uh -huh. every um, every, right? Right, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and when I'm doing, you know, I solve puzzles, uh, crosswords, Sudokus, um, you know, Wordle, all those kind of things. And so there's a lot of, um, uh, cause I'm thinking about it, right? It's not a prepared thing where I've got a script written out that I'm reading. And so there is a lot of that and that's, uh, that's, that's tricky. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta get used to that. It's hard. When I was in radio, we had to record, um, the breaks in between, like, so we'd put a tape in and it would only record the spots in between the songs, obviously. And then you would mm -hmm. have to listen back to it and you were just infuriated with yourself because all you hear are all the mistakes nothing you're doing well you just hear all the mistakes so yeah it's uh congrats on getting through that it's uh what's yeah, the term yeah. pod fade after eight episodes generally most podcasts die so oh, okay yeah uh, sure so congratulations on getting over that hump too yeah 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 still still it feels like it's an ever it <laughs> expanding is. hump but yeah <laughs> it is uh, the, one of the big issues with this podcast is just the, the scheduling and finding people and, you know, coordinating all of that. That's the hard part. Agreed. Editing it is is a little bit of work, but since it's a conversation, I'm just kind of taking out gaps, you know. I'm, I'm just pulling pieces out. I'm not really editing it where I'm moving things around and switching, the, you know. But, but yeah, the, the, the prep work is what's the most work, I guess. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, Scott, sure. yeah, over the last seven months, I've been a guest on maybe a little over 200 podcasts. And this yeah. this really, this format has been really fun. This is probably the most fun I've had in, 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 on any of the nice. podcasts. I, I love the love the format. And I think it's really this discussion type format is really, really works well with worked well with both, all of us. And I think that Russell in his business sense, building relationships in business, where I'm working toward that too. How do you how do you bring the love languages into the business sector? And I think that that's something that's really really important. There's a lot of rage in the business. There's a lot of people that are trying to climb a corporate ladder, and they're trying to climb it the wrong way by putting other people down. It doesn't ever work that way. You've got to climb it appropriately. That you climb it climb it with kindness. And, and do kindness on top of kindness on top of kindness leads you to higher higher levels of love, the charity, the compassion, the mercy that leaders really should have. They should have that type of leadership, the forgiveness, the, the empathy, the sympathy. They really need to have those qualities. And they stack that on kindness on top of kindness on top of kindness. That's how they get to those higher laws of love. Love the format and, and just... Just think that you know, this this was fun. This was really a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Well, the inspiration for this really was uh, it came a long time ago, but I had uh, it, I, I, I went I was in a, a wedding and we traveled and we had the rehearsal dinner. That it was somebody else, a friend of mine's wedding back in college, and we had the rehearsal dinner the night before. And we're at this restaurant and it was raining, and so we all get there and we run inside and we're all friends. You know, it was we were all from the same fraternity and. So we're sitting there and it's raining outside and everybody's parked and run inside. And somebody brought up the question of, do you get wetter if you walk through the rain or if you run through the rain? Because if you're running, then you're running into the rain. You know, you're hitting it from the front. And so we had this whole debate and discussion. And at the time I thought, this is really interesting. You know, people have these kind of conversations with a group of friends all the time where someone says this and everybody's got different opinions and no one's really... It's just all in fun because we're all friends and the discussion. And I thought it was interesting, and so that was kind of—I've always thought, oh, that would make an interesting 
you know, show or something. And so that's kind of the inspiration for it. And then I've, I've, it's, it's kind of been in the back of my mind for a while. And so I finally just decided to do it. Good, <laughs> good for I you. think Basically. you're on to something. It's a good, good format. Yeah, as opposed to, oh, we're always going to talk about the same thing. Yeah. Or it's the same two people on the show every time, you know, like just get random people and let them discuss something. For, for, for my show not to go too far down the rabbit hole, I, I hear what you're yeah. saying. And format wise, it's always really interesting to try to mess with that and mix it up and make uh -huh. it a little bit more interesting. One of the first things I learned quickly is so my, my podcast has three major areas, leadership, workplace culture and employee retention. Those are too big to talk about. So anybody that tries to be on my show and wants to talk about leadership, I'm like, no, because leadership is a 17 year conversation. What can you talk about in leadership that is interesting and we can dig into? Because mm -hmm. that's why I love your questions because they're very specific. They're very, we can bounce off of them, but conversations need to be on a thing or nobody's taking away anything or it just becomes vague, right. jargon, keywordy, and unfortunately, there's so many podcast guests that want to stick to their keyword. Well, I talk about diversity and I'm like, okay, what about diversity? Uh, and they're not even prepared to talk about diversity mm -hmm. at that level. They just want to, sure. they just want to spot general comments. So for you to mix it up a bit, I really appreciate that because it makes, yep. you know, I really appreciate us digging underneath the surface of, even though we're not, I mean, we're talking about not leadership. We're talking about relationships, romantic, financial <laughs> relationships. But uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, cool. Well, and Paul, I don't want to forget to let you tell everybody where they can find you. So why don't you tell us where where people can find your book and the dice and all the things. So I've, I've got the cube. I've got a book. I've got a journal. Some people like to record what they rolled, opportunities they saw to love in that way, what they did about those opportunities. It's all on my website, rolloflove.com, R-O-L-E of love. That's, I did a play on words. R-O-L-L -L is what happens with the dice outside of you. R-O-L-E is what changes you within. We're looking for that change within. R-O-L-E of love.com. And you can get the, the book, the dice, and, and the the journal. Just It's on special right now for $29.99. It's a whole lot less than even one session of, of therapy. And it'll help. <laughs> That's and it'll, for sure. And it'll help you a lot more. <laughs> Yeah, I, I imagine the journal is probably a good way to keep yourself accountable, Absolutely. right? If you roll the dice in the morning and you say, oh, I'm going to do this, and then you go out and and then at night, if you come back and you got the journal and you got to write down what you did, oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of forgot about it, right? So yeah, that's yeah. a good point, Scott, because I'm, I'm putting this in the classroom right now, testing it in K through 6, the younger, younger set. So at the beginning of the day, it takes less than two seconds to roll the die, and the teacher will then explain, maybe 30, 45 seconds explain. Class, this is the type of behavior we're watching for that day. At the end of the day, now these kids, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, nine-year-olds, they have to be responsible for their actions. And they have to write about it at the end of the day. The teacher does a check mark and, the, that is, uh, uh, and then sends the paper home. That astute parents is going to collect all those journal pages now at the end of that school year You've got a, a journal for that first grader. You've got a journal for that third grader. That is going to be so precious for that person. T 10 years, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, they'll be able to show their children, this is what I did in first grade. This is what I loved about first grade. This is how I loved in that. I would have loved to have a love journal from my mother or my grandmother or my grandfather. Instead, Scott and Russell, I got a journal about the weather. The weather 60 years ago. <laughs> Who cares what the weather was like 60 years ago? I would have loved to have something about yeah. how they loved. Yeah, that's a neat idea. I hadn't even thought. I was I was thinking of it mainly just as adults because I'm thinking they're the ones that are buying the book and reading. I didn't even think about doing it with kids. That's a good idea. Well, everybody should go check out Russell's podcast, Paul's book, see all the things that they're doing. And of course, go to conversely.fm and let us know what you think of what we talked about. Let us know what we what we said that was stupid and what we said that was insightful. <laughs> A little bit of both would be good. Use the use the roll the love dice before you give us your comments. There you <laughs> go. There you go. Make sure yeah. it's nice. Cool. Well, yeah. Well, thanks, Russell. Thanks, Paul. Thank Just you, starting Scott. out your day. You mentioned commenting is pretty early, so. Hopefully you have a good day. Spread some love. Absolutely. More coffee. Thank All right. Thanks so much, Scott. Paul. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, thanks. Good talking with you.
but I was actually up in Idaho over the weekend and it was 12 below. I'm so glad to be in 40 degrees above weather right now. Yeah, it's nine below right now. Fahrenheit, wow. So. Wow. Yeah, all this Fahrenheit talk. I'm like, uh-huh, I'll do the quick math. It's fine. Yep, yep, yep. Well, the one thing that you can do is negative 40 mm. is the same for both. Negative 40? Negative 40 Fahrenheit is negative 40 Celsius. If you're so going you in that, if you're even having that conversation, it's too cold. So it's fine. <laughs> like, you shouldn't even be doing that math. That's cold.